I just realized that one of the uh, one of the blessing options is just titled ooze. Yep, everyone loves the ooze. Uh, I'm so sad that the garage is like the garage is like really tried. They they tried so hard and they still failed. I mean, they got real far. Like, yeah, no, they did. Like, I don't think it's... Uh, I, I do not think it is uh, bad to say that they got way farther than anyone like expected them to. Oh, for sure. I, I am very happy they made it to the finals. I am very sad that they lost to the Crabs. Okay, we we gotta get this podcast energy up. We gotta get this podcast energy going. Um, God, some somebody fucking somebody make some silly joke so I can say something stupid. Somebody once told me. No, nope, mm -mm, no, no, we are not doing that. See, there we go. Strong, <laughs> s stupid joke. Strong reaction. <laughs> Energy achieved. <laughs> and now we can start the podcast. Hey, Lily, why did the chicken cross the road? Oh, no. Why did the chicken cross the road, Lint? It went out for a walk. All right. Anyway, thank you. Um, <laughs> fuck. Okay. Hello and welcome to It'll Wash Out, a Bleach Rewatch podcast, the podcast where I struggle to find any podcast energy. I'm your co-host, Lily. I'm Sam. I'm your podcast robust host, Lynn. This week is the week where I cry a lot because I finished catching up in Final Fantasy XIV. Uh, go play Final Fantasy XIV, please. I'm begging you. Should we just jump right into the summary? I don't know how to podcast anymore. I think we should just jump into it, if only because we both are of the opinion that there's like... So nothing slash everything happens in both of these episodes, and both of us wrote yeah, it's like kind of a really, weird week. Like both of us wrote like a ton of words for our summaries, <laughs> even though we're like, yeah, not a lot happens. Writes over a thousand three hundred words. <laughs> yeah, I wrote fifteen hundred words for episode twenty five. By the way, I don't think we actually made it explicit on the podcast that Sam and I talked about it, and we have decided that each of us is going to write one summary a week. Uh, I. Listening back through our older episodes, I feel like us, you know, each doing a summary kind of evens out the show a bit more, and it does lessen the strain on me uh, for writing. Uh, everybody is in my kitchen right now. It's fine. Um, ignore, ignore the podcast microwave. <laughs> I love that you said ignore, and immediately the microwave sound just starts... <laughs> 
we are I, I don't know what it is about me hitting the, hitting the record button that everybody in my household decides, all right, time to fucking make some noise. <laughs> I can tell you, just... I can tell you exactly what the issue is. The issue is you married a bunch of cats. Or you're living Honey, with a bunch of cats. is that true? Right are you a cat? Not quite. Sorry, I didn't have a lot of breakfast options. No, it's okay. Eat your breakfast. I'm I'm not judging you. It, it's just <laughs> Oh my god. At least this isn't is this worse disaster energy than last week? Potentially worse disaster, definitely not worse disaster energy. Okay. Because, like, I'm just, like, waiting for... Uh, okay. <laughs> Don't worry. I'm, I'm so certain that without anyone else's help, the three of us can How about be that more disastrous. How about that, please, Paul and Deedlin? Alright, the podcast microwave has been closed. We are back in the podcast zone. Uh, so, I already... I already went over the, uh, the fucking note changes, right, Sam? Yes. Now... Now the the blaze ball is updating, and it's got a giant oh. peanut rotating at me. And I oh no, hot I have, dog fingers! I have it full screen on one page on one of my monitors, so it took me really by surprise when it just like switched over to the giant peanut, and I was like, oh god. Yeah, it just says hot dog fingers. There's no, there, there's nothing else. Um, well, it's, uh, gi it's giving us the um. You know, it, it when it gives messages, it, it gives like a minute between each message. Did the necromancy succeed? Good question. So I've had this pet theory that there is a chance that swapping in the dead player will just result in effectively the same thing as a shelled player. I do not like the peanut saying amusing. That, I don't like it either. That is threatening aura. <laughs> That's like images with threatening auras dot Twitter. But yeah, so I've had a theory that was basically a dead player can rejoin a team. It's just effectively more or less the same thing as a shelled player where they can't bat and they can just be, they can be carried to, oh God, the ledger must be balanced. Is the peanut going to kill whoever they take? I guess that was the assumption, right? That's. I'm very would... scared. I guess the assumption always has been that who like whoever gets replaced by the dead player will sacrifice their life in order for the dead player to be. At least the player will be there in spirit. A. <laughs> Maybe they'll go to Soul Society. Yay! Depths paid. Oh God. <laughs> I'm very scared. This um. This peanut is the most threatening. It's no. The most threatening it's been is definitely when it was really angry at people, and it was, like, actively threatening everyone. I suppose that that is definitely the... I don't like it calling, saying good luck either. Good luck! You know what? I don't think there's anything this peanut can do that I won't find threatening at this point. <laughs> That's fair. Uh, I do want to state that Lil Nas X, uh, earlier today, did... Or, 15 hours ago, I should say, did, uh, re... Like, quote tweet somebody, I. Uh, very oh, wait wait shit baseball is updating I have a black screen I'm very scared Yeah I can switch to shop and league and bulletin but election is a, the discipline era getting shelled everything was peanuts in memoriam so so much oh no Wait hold on I need to go click on a team <laughs> did something happen to a team Oh nothing is Nothing is loading. Is it not loading because it's slow, or is it not loading because everyone's dead? Send pics. <laughs> Classic baseball. Anyway, the little Nasex tweet is just like somebody like graduating from class and saying class of twenty twenty. Little Nasex replies saying, "Let's go," and then somebody replies, "You're too old for her." 
He's gay. He's like 25 and she's 16. He's gay. He's older than her. Why are you insulting him? He is literally homosexual. <laughs> People get weird. God. Oh, I almost I almost forgot. Do you know what day it is today? Uh 9:13. It is a National Peanut Day. Is it? At least in the states. Is it not? Oh God! I feel like we haven't even started the podcast. Yeah, there's. <laughs> See, you wished for the chaos <laughs> energy. You got the chaos energy. Here it is. Here's the chaos energy. <laughs> oh, my delivery is gonna be here in two or three minutes. Oh my God! <laughs> it finally updated. Now I have Wait, like the little. Wait, did GPS I just updates. hear music? Uh, I think you probably heard the train going through Sam's, like, whatever. Oh, no, that, like, that spooky horn is my text message notification, which is the one that was telling me that my message is, uh, that my delivery is coming in. That, it sounds like a train. Why is it so spooky, Sam? Because I don't, like, I, I don't take the time to actually go find noises to put on my phone. So, so you just have it. Yeah, so whenever someone sends me a text and my phone's not on silent, which it is now because I'm a professional podcaster. No, that uh-huh. was, it wasn't a mistake. I explicitly put it there because I didn't want to miss the delivery guy showing up at the door and trying to contact me. No, you're valid. Um, but yeah, so I have sp- like this spooky train noise as my uh, thing. Oh, wait, decrees are up. Decrees are up. Valid. Enhanced party time. Enhanced the party plan. rages. Biscayne Bay alights. Inviting life. Is, is that a fucking... Is, is it talking about, like... Like, reviving everyone who died? I don't know. I guess it's uh, not... Ex- I should be saying incinerated. It's not, sp- it's not explicitly someone who died. Incinerated just means they left. And for different teams, that means different things. So, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. Jalen Hot Dog Fingers returns to the garages. Mike Townsend retreats to shadows. Oh no! Oh my god. Oh, get out of no. here, Townsend! <laughs> get out of here, Townsend! I'm sick of your shit! Fuck yes! Hot Dog Fingers is back in the biz. You know what? Everything's good now. Garages are <laughs> next fucking champions. I'm calling it right now. Also, Oliver Oliver Mueller gained the fireproof jacket. Neat. Fuck yeah. Jalen Hot Dog Finger is like a full star and a half better than your next best pitcher. Like that's some yeah. I'm... That is a some serious uh, stat upgrades. Yeah, no, I'm I'm hype. I'm hype. Let's go garages. We should probably once you're once you're back from getting your delivery, we should probably actually physically start the podcast. Wait, shit. I yeah, I'm I'm going to go do that. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. This might be the worst recording we've done so far. We're 20 I am 24 minutes into my recording and we have not started talking about bleach sam i've been recording for 30 minutes and we have not talked about bleach you know you're the one who said hey let's wait five or ten minutes until we build up the chaos energy well here it is here is the chaos energy (laughs) here's all the chaos energy you could ask for oh my goodness okay well, podcast microwaves and stubbing toes aside, let's get right into the summary if you're ready. Let please. <laughs> Episode twenty-five. Penetrate the center with an enormous bombshell. Was that delivery good? That delivery was all I have. In the Shiba household, Yoruichi approaches a snoring Ichigo, noting that he learned to create the cannonball after all despite the destruction caused. Ganju asks what's wrong with him, and Yoruichi tells Uryu, Chad, and Orihime to sit down. The cat begins to explain what the crew is to expect within the Seirote, only to scream out in pain. Later, we get a shot of Ganju reading the contents of a scroll out loud, while Ichigo sleeps on the floor with his hand in a fist. 
Waking up, he asks aloud what he was dreaming about. Gondra replies with, How the hell am I supposed to know? Why am I sleeping here? Did I sleep well? Again, how am I supposed to know? What are you reading? None of your business. As the argument starts, Uryu opens the door and tells Ichigo it's time to go. This opening bit is a lot. <laughs> it's so good. It's really good. I love the Ichigo's confusion of like, did, did I sleep well? <laughs> like, I, lo- I love the Gondra's just like, I don't... D- bruh, I have... I am doing a thing. I'm trying to do a thing. I have I have not been paying attention to you at all. Just stop asking me questions. <laughs> Dear kids, I love it. It's so good. Outside, the group stands in front of the cannon, and Yoruichi confirms that everyone has arrived. Ichigo asks Yoruichi why their tail looks like a flexible toothbrush, to which the cat angrily demands to know what the problem is with this. Ichigo nervously says the tale is beautiful as always, and Uri reveals to Ichigo that he is in fact the one responsible. It happened while he was sleeping. In fact, it took Uriu, Orihime, and Chad all working together to free Yoruichi. <laughs> this Yoruichi... gag. <laughs> this gag is so good. Like, it's really funny. Like, but from the cutaway, because, you know, I understood what was happening when it cut away earlier. And I was like, oh, that's really funny. And then they come back and they're like, yeah, also, Yoruichi is pissed. I don't think I've laughed <laughs> so hard at this show, like, until I saw this gag. I think the last time I laughed this hard was probably the, like, Rukia, like, Opera Tears moment. <laughs> <laughs> that that right. part's pretty good too. Yes. Um <laughs> Yoruichi tearfully laments the ruin of such a perfect tale, and Uryu tells Ichigo it's best to avoid the subject. It's really funny too. It's like really crinkled up. <laughs> it's Yeah, it's just I, there. I and, and Ichigo's just like, No, it's it look it looks as good as it always does. Please don't kill me. <laughs> Ganji arrives in a new outfit, declaring that the hero always al- arrives last. When Ichigo asks about the outfit, Ganji declares it is his battle costume, and no, I will not lend it to you, no matter how much you beg. Ichigo is like, aren't you just seeing us off? And Ganji takes a step forward to explain that a soul reaper killed his brother. Kukaku tries to get a word in, but Ganju tells her to shut up and listen, detailing how his brother was a genius who made it through the academy first try. He was strong enough to be a lieutenant, and this should have taken six years. It took him one, and he became a lieutenant only five years later. That is, until he was betrayed and killed by the very reapers he considered his friends. Ganju says he doesn't remember all the details, but he remembers two things specifically. The face of the soul reaper who dragged his brother back to the Sheba household had the face of the devil, and the face of his brother, thinking the reaper as he died. Ganju still doesn't know why his brother looked so happy, but he knows his brother did not blame or hate reapers. Ganju's gang listen from around the corner, crying. One of them admits not knowing Ganju had such a painful memory, and Ganju demands to know why his brother did not hate soul reapers, and grabs Ichigo by the collar. This whole bit, like, this whole, like, it's, it goes by relatively fast, but it shows, like, it kind of gives us a ton of information about Ganju's character because it shows that his, like, it shows his brother was really gifted and, like, was basically a prodigy and, he, you know, he came from Rukon guy, but he was still so good. Nah, nah, nah. But it's it's also at the same time, like, a little brother who idolizes his big brother. Like, because he's, yeah. he's, he's, like, super serious, but he is bragging about how cool his brother was. I love Ganju so much. Also, Lin, I respect you asking the question, how do Soul Reapers die? We have already been recording for 30 minutes. We cannot go down this road. Okay, but what if we go down the road of, wait, Ganju was small? I thought souls didn't age in Bleach, Kubo. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> no, we, like, I don't want to get into that because the, the, like, the actual answer, as far as I've been able to tell from looking at, like, various Kubo interviews and side content basically is souls age if kubo wants them to age for the story and there is no good consistent reason given for this in universe that's like that's just how it is and we're just gonna have to run with it love it (laughs) ganju grabs ichigo by the collar and states that he isn't like the other soul reapers and states that he has a feeling that following him will help him learn more 
He's going to help Ichigo for this reason, and go as far as possible to learn what Soul Reapers are truly like. His gang, as well as Koganahiko and Shiraganahiko, are left in tears over this speech, as well as Ganju's growth. Hukaku smiles, saying it sounds like he's made up his mind. Ichigo grabs Gonchu's collar back and says they are working together now. After, Yoruichi asks if everybody is ready for the cannibal. I love that Ichigo's only response to be like, yeah, affirmation is I'm going to grab your collar back. <laughs> He's like, oh, you're aggressive to me? I'll be aggressive to you. We're friends now, damn it. Like, And Uryu <laughs> is probably standing in the background like, oh, this is just a normal thing he does. <laughs> oh, everything makes sense. Maybe we are best friends. <laughs> I do, like, this entire scene, though, like, it really sets up, like, hey, he, like, here's Ganju, he's new to the group, and, uh, here's his stakes, and here's, like, his emotional investment in this whole endeavor, and you're like, oh, okay, thanks, that was really fast and sweet, and also really interesting, like, why, what's the mystery, who betrayed who here, like... It's really good! It's, like, it really sets up his character well, uh, it kind of comes out of nowhere for a second, but, like, you know, it's okay, because... It makes you care about Ganju and want to know what's what's going on with them. It wants you, makes you want to know what's going on with this brother. It sets up a decent mystery, and it's like, okay, let's go. Yeah, just all in all, like some, it's Bleach is good sometimes. Like, <laughs> Lin, Lin, why? Soul one, hey man, why are you still a five year old? Soul two. God hasn't processed my application to be plot relevant yet. I don't know. God, it's so good. Ichigo confirms that everybody is ready and then has a realization, asking Yoruichi if they can use the ball as well. Yoruichi is like, hmm, I guess I could try. And Uryu is surprised it's the cat's first time. Ichigo sets the Reishikaku on the ground and Yoruichi stands on top of it, effortlessly forming the barrier, stating that it's as easy as breathing in and out. Orihime claps and is like, oh my god, it took us so long to learn how to do that. And Ichigo's like, oh my god, it took me so long to learn how to do that. <laughs> Yoruchi it's... is so smug here. They're like, oh, oh, does it make you feel bad that I'm able to do this, like, with zero effort? And I'm just completely perfect at it on my first try? Even though it took you such a hard, to, like, such a long time to, to figure it out? Huh? Huh? And I'm just like, damn. <laughs> It's it's really good characterization for Yoruichi, honestly. Like, oh my god, I I was laughing here too. Kukaku asks Ganju if he mastered the Reishikaku. He states he mostly has and hops on the platform. Kukaku says she's going to use Flower Crane Archery Second Style. Can you handle it? Ganju says yes, and Kukaku smiles, telling him he'll be putting his life on the line by going. She turns and asks the rest of the team to be ready. Uh, one, one thing I want to note here, and this is going to be, like, increasingly, like, a thing I want to note, it, it feels like, shouldn't we have discussed which plan we're using, like, a bit beforehand? Like, I get, I get that Ganju is, like, practicing the scroll for this spell particularly, but, like, to state it now feels kind of weird. I think it might just be, like, a, um... Like, it's a confirmation. Like, hey, I know you've been practicing, but just just so we're, we're on the same page, this is the one spell that you're going to do, right? <laughs> it's like, yeah, 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 that's the one I've been practicing. It's good. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, it's, it's fine. It's fine. No. No plans. Only action. <laughs> ah, but see, it fits into their, their um, theme as firework... Uh, specialists, because oh even their plans are ephemeral and only last for a second, like the bright explosions they make in the sky. Everyone enters the Kagaku time. <laughs> I'm not. I hate you guys so much. That's a joke. I love you guys. Everyone enters the Kakaku Taiho, and Kukaku drives a circle around the cannon. She explains her signal to fire will be the rising sun. Inside the cannon, Yoruichi tells the Ryoka group that they are to stick together in the Seirete, running from any captains. The only goal is to save Rukia. Take no unnecessary risks. I'm a big the fan of, uh, like, competent team leader Yoruichi, who's like, alright, listen up. E even the stupid ones. Like, if you see a captain run the other way, 
stay together, don't take risks, and get Rukia. That is everything. Those are your four mission objectives. (laughs) (laughs) The sun begins to shine over the horizon, and Kukaku drives the sword from her back, embedding it into the platform and beginning an incantation. Yorichi tells the group to infuse the Reishikaku with their collective energy. It's time for launch. Hukaku continues to chant, removing the bandage from her head as it wraps itself around her arm, igniting. She slams her fist into the circle and the flame leaves her arm, running along the circle in both directions. The flame returns to her arm and runs up the length of the cannon, completing the incantation of Kagizaki. The Kaku- the Kaku- oh my god, there are hard words in this- words are hard, guys. The Kakaku Taiho fires the group's cannonball, and Kakaku emotionally tells her brother to be careful. This was sick as shit. It was sick as shit. (laughs) Yeah, sick as shit is exactly right. Like, the the entire just, like, long process of, of, like, having the incantation, driving the sword in, like, setting the bandage on fire, having the fire, like, wrap around and then come back to her fist. Like, just the entire sequence was sick as shit. It's so cool! Kukaku emotionally tells her brother to be careful, and in the cannonball, Ichigo is surprised that the jolt wasn't that bad. Ganju tells him it's just beginning, as the ball suddenly shifts in direction, leading to most of the group screaming. Ganju pulls out the scroll from before, and explains that Kagizaki is a two-part incantation, with the first part controlling the launch, and the second controlling the acceleration and trajectory. For a more accurate launch. He tells Ichigo not to get in the way if they want a safe landing. This is why I said I was going to like note it further. Is It feels like this should have been discussed beforehand. Yeah, even if it makes like sor- sort of sense for the co- for the Shiba siblings. Like you probably should have told the rest of the team like what was happening. Maybe they, yeah, it's... Maybe they were like, oh, what if they get scared and get cold feet? Like, nah, let's put them in the death trap. That's how adults handle things on Bleach, right? What if they get scared and get cold feet? Nah, it's fine. We'll just scare them when they're in the air. That's fine. Like I said, that's how adults handle things on Bleach. (laughs) We know Kakaku is an acquaintance of Urahara. This is true. This is true. That explains everything suddenly. Ganju tells everybody to be sure the cannonball is stable by evening out the discharge of spiritual energy between each of them. You'll be able to tell how much somebody is releasing by keeping your hand on the ball. Adjust accordingly, or we will all die, just like a raid mechanic in Final Fantasy XIV. Ganju begins reading the rest of the incantation. Healers adjust. Ichigo and... Hmm? Healers adjust. Healers adjust. <laughs> Ichigo and crew begin to bicker as Ichigo fails to adjust his own energy, releasing far too much. Ganju gets distracted, reading the same line of the incantation twice, and then accuses Ichigo of being the cause of this. The two begin to bicker, and Chad directs everybody's attention outside, where they can see that their destination is fast approaching. Inside the assembly hall, the captains hear the announcement of intruders in the Seirete. Aizen is in disbelief, while Kenpachi wonders if it could be the Ryoka. He runs out despite Aizen's protests, and outside, Kenpachi's small, pink-haired lieutenant jumps off a building and onto Kenpachi's shoulder. I completely forgot about Yachiru until this moment. Um, last week, we were talking about, like, the idea of how funny it would be if, like, a five-year-old was, like, a tiny soul reaper, and I completely forgot Yachiru just exists. Yep, like, we we have the, the tiny bubblegum that wields a sword. She's right there. She's right there, riding on his shoulders. Kenpachi Yachiru is so good. I love it. I love it. Uh, She is adorable and has high death energy. She asks if he's chasing an enemy, and he explains that it's a Ryoka who survived a fight against Gein. He can't wait to fight this Ryoka. Back in the hall, Captain Commander Yamamoto states it cannot be helped, the meeting must be adjourned for now, and Gein's punishment will come later. The captains begin to leave, but Gin stands in place. Stopping next to him, Aizen states that the alarm was conveniently timed for Gin, who claims not to understand his meaning. Aizen states he won't get away with it, and not to take him lightly, before walking away, leaving 10th Division Captain Hitsugaya looking with interest. I like this, like, this little confrontation between them is is really good, because it's so tense, and Aizen's like, listen, fucker, like, I know you're 
related to this. <laughs> and Gain's just like, who? A moi? <laughs> Whatever do you mean? <laughs> it's really good. I I like this part a lot. Uh, I also like that Hitsugaya has, like, interest in it. Like, it's just really quickly shows you Hitsugaya and is like, ah, this is something I should be paying attention to. And I'm like, yeah, it is, bud. It is. Yeah, he's like, well... It- not only are, like, all the other adults are ignoring this, but I should probably be, like, the ten-year-old has to be the adult in the room, I suppose. <laughs> in her cell, Rukia is surprised to see the sky lighting up. The light above the Seirite has se- The light above the Seirite has several reapers stopping to look at it. Aizen assures his lieutenant, Momo Hinamori, that the object is unlikely to make it through the barrier. The cannonball flickers with electricity, and Uriya declares the group is going to hit the barrier. Yoruichi yells, telling everybody to pour as much energy as they can manage into the Reishikaku, which they do. The ball smashes into the barrier, with huge shockwaves rippling through it. Aizen is surprised to see something dense enough to withstand impact, and the ball manages to push through the Shokonmaku, leaving the Ryoka suspended in the air. Ichigo wonders what is happening, and Yoruichi quickly explains that they need to stick together. The cannonball is only temporarily holding them up, and it was was dissolved when it hit the barrier. It will soon form a whirlpool of energy that will blow everyone away with the shock when this happens. The group tries to get together. Uryu begins to fly away, but Chad dives out, grabbing and throwing Uryu to Orihime, while getting separated from everyone. Yoruichi stands on Ichigo's shoulder, who grabs onto Ichigo... Yoruichi stands on Ichigo's shoulder, who grabs onto Ganju. Yoruichi assures everyone that Chad will survive, and Ichigo reaches out to Orihime, but the group is separated into four different directions, leaving Kenpachi to look to each of them, grinning and trying to determine which light holds the strongest of the Ryoka. Ending the episode. Like This, this ending rules. This bit is, like, it's both funny, because they're like, hey, what's going to happen? Oh shit! Oh shit! Like, disaster! But it's also like... Like, the, te- the tension ratchets up, because you're like, oh, shit, like, Chad self-sacrificingly, like, makes sure that he's the one that's alone. All of them are leaving, like, like, we see all the captains looking at them falling down like shooting stars, and it's like, oh, th- like, this was supposed, this wasn't ever going to be a stealth mission, but it's still, like, we have to avoid the captains, and we see, like, six captains directly looking at the <laughs> falling stars, and it's like, oh, oh, they know where you are, like... <laughs> This mission has hit the disaster area. Like, you are in the danger zone already. Farewell, Ryoka. You have lost the mission. Uh, The alarm bells are signing. Went from control to desperate position. (laughs) They failed their engagement role. They really did. (laughs) God, Bleach Blades in the Dark campaign. Who's with me? Let's do it. Damn. Damn, that really does work, huh? That would be great. No, we can't do this. <laughs> Moving on to the manga version of this chapter. of this. Guys, let's start a Patreon. Well, what and if? if we get enough... If we get money, if we get enough money, we'll start an actual play podcast. I refuse. J'accuse. <laughs> no, we cannot be doing this. We've already been recording almost an hour. <laughs> okay. Um, I, I would say we should take a break, but honestly, like... Do we need a break? <laughs> I'll do the manga bit, and then we will take a break, because I need to refill my water, at least. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, in the manga, uh, they do like they, they do specify that one of the reasons that uh, the Shiba brother is so exceptional is that he went through Soul Society in one shot, even though he's from Rukon Guy. So they're implying that, like, oh yeah, like, Rukungai going to Shinigami, like, um, like Ruki and Renji do, that's a very rare thing, supposedly. And, uh, when they're in the cannonball, Ganju says, hey, um, I'm reading the, inca- the incantation, so I can't monitor the spirit output. So I'm gonna put out a level, and y'all need to match me. <laughs> and that's, <laughs> and that's the thing that Ichigo is, like, just completely, like, totally unable to do it's specifically like he can't match ganju's level and everyone else is like come on come on that makes sense 
I like both ways. I like both readings of this, like both the anime and the manga reading of this, but that makes sense too. I mean, he still fucks up the incantation because like everyone bickers and then he ends up reading the same, like that whole, that whole bit like still occurs. It's just, they give the reason being like, it's not just that Ichi, like it's not that, like, I don't know. In the anime, you could be thinking like, well, why doesn't everyone match Ichigo? Right. Yeah. And also right before the impact, Zoraki has a line that implies they've been looking all night for intruders. So in the manga, the implication is that the the captain's meeting happens. Then they go out looking for presumably at least a couple of hours after the alarm. And then the orb hits the shield. So there's an alarm and then they go looking and then the thing hits the shield? Yes, so the like the imp- the way it's presented in the manga is that the alarm and their their arrival is not connected. The, what the hell? Like the alarm <laughs> happens while Gein is being uh, interrogated. WTF? And it save and it like gets him out of hot water because they have to go deal with whatever is causing the alarm. But wild. It's like that's the implication is that the alarm happens before the cannonball so it's like okay something is weird in soul society something is happening i kind of like that better but also like i think for the pacing of the anime what we got works real well yeah like Um, it it works real well in the way it's presented it's just like it gives like a different uh, energy to like what what the hell gian is doing i know i keep saying this i really should be reading the manga too and then the uh so karen watch for uh, this week is last time she was following a hollow uh right because she was like oh i wonder what the fuck that is i've been seeing a bunch of them so far and then something hits the hollow and explodes <laughs> and, oh. and then she is she is presented with the messenger of justice don kanonji <laughs> yes and she's just like yes, this is everything i crave she's like um ichigo's not here like, I know you you occasionally come to our clinic to, like, annoy me because to, like, find Ichigo. I'm just going to tell you right now he's not here. Also, why are you here? Don't you have a job? Are, shouldn't you be recording your TV show? <laughs> and he immediately tries to help to recruit Karin to help him defend the city. Uh, and explains what hollows are. Because no one took the time to explain to Karin yet. And Karin's response needs is... needs to explain that? Her, her response is just like... Uh, that sounds lame. Whatever. Uh, uh. And this is also the last of Karin Watch because the future bits that involve Karin at the back of chapters are like not they're ve- they're too similar to a filler episode that's coming up uh, shortly. Um, the com- the intro to both like sequences are completely different. That's why I've been covering them in this bit. But. Yeah. Like the future stuff I'm not I'm just going to completely ignore because it's very, very close to the actual episode that we're gonna get. In three weeks, I think. Give or take. Okay. One thing I do want to know, um, before break, uh this week we have a new opening. Literally the first thing in my new in my note for episode twenty six. Come on. Yeah. I'm sorry I ruined it for you, but we have a new opening, we have a new ending. Uh, I like opening two a lot. The opening is really good. It has this, like, it has this shot of, like, all our, our characters, like, just this big close-up of their face and, like, just a hint of their power. And the shot with Orihime with all of her fairies flying looks really, really good. And then everybody gets, like, some really cool-ass fight footage. And Yoroichi gets some fight footage. As a cat. It's great. It's really good. Uberworld fucking rules. Knife cat, knife cat. Knife cat. All right, let's take a fucking five minute break and we will get back to the episode. And hopefully, hopefully we will finish recording before the hour and a half mark. (laughs) Uh, I say as I scroll down my notes. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. I do have like a heart out at two, just so you know. All right, well... I don't think it'll take that long. I just think half an hour might be... Well, no, we'll probably... I believe in us. We can do it. Go get your water.
Also, how did the crabs get three fucking blessings again? And yet, it once more, the moist talkers have nothing. <laughs> I'm gonna go check on my partners real quick. All right, let's let's uh, let's get back to it. Let's uh, let's re- no, let's, let's return to Bleach. To it. <laughs> let's... Let us return to our summarizing of Bleach episodes with Bleach episode twenty six. Formation, the worst tag. Just the worst. It's called the worst tag? Yes, the worst tag. I think it might mean, like, in the context of a, um, like, a tag team partner. Ah. Which... That makes sense. Which is going to make a lot of sense, like, very, very shortly at the start of the episode. Um... Yeah, so the episode starts with Rukia commenting on what a, like, incredibly narrow portion of the sky that she can see, and then she sees it glow, and then we get a quick recap of the situation at the end of the last episode, and I just want to say, like, oh my god, it is so depressing that Rukia only has access to a tiny amount of sky. <laughs> like, yeah. like, she's looking at it, and she's like, the sky is so small, and it's like, no! <laughs> I'm continuously saddened by the state of Rukia. We all will be. Uh, we quickly see the the sh- the show shows us like who the four groups are. We have Chad and Yuroichi who are each going solo, Ganju and Ichigo, and then Ishida and Urihime. Everyone prepares themselves to land in their own way. So Urihime summons her shield. Chad prepares to punch the world. <laughs> Ganju uses his sand spell to give him and Ichigo a soft landing. And Yoruchi is just really good and a cat. Like it's fine. Yoruchi's fine. <laughs> I I, <laughs> I do want to take a quick second to note how funny I, I think it is that Chad's solution to not die is to punch the fucking ground. It's like, look, clearly, I have detected a threat. The ground is about to hit me. Well, <laughs> as we all know, the best defense It's all he's got. <laughs> The best defense is a good offense, and it's t- if I hit the ground first, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> so Ichigo and Ganju oh. land in a pit of sand that uh, that was formed by Ganju's uh, spell, and they bicker for a bit and get interrupted by a pair of soul reavers who were playing hooky. They didn't want to get called on to look for the intruders, but they were lucky since the pair landed right in their lap. We quickly cut over to a group of mooks investigating a small crater <laughs> and figuring out that, hey, whatever landed here didn't die because there's no body, so I guess we need to keep looking. And then it just, like, zooms into a tree that's behind him, <laughs> and Chad's sitting at the top of the tree with birds on his shoulder, and his fist is smoking. Yeah! <laughs> it's it's so funny! It's, like, I this, I think, is, like, really unintentionally funny. Uh, I love it. Like, I think the idea is, like, oh, he, like, punched and he did that energy blast punch thing he did to, like, slow himself down at the last moment. Kind of, like, something like that. But it's still so funny to just be like, hmm, the world's about to hit me. I better, (laughs) I better punch the ground. (laughs) And also, like, there are birds in Soul Society. Is it, like, a bird soul? Or (laughs) do birds just naturally occur in Soul Society? Like. Sam, listen. <laughs> I, you know, I'm gonna be honest. I didn't even notice the bird on his shoulder at all. Birds are inherent to the soul. Oh. I, I, I'm looking at a screenshot right now of his fist smoking on the wiki page, and there is in fact a bird, a single bird on his shoulder. Yeah. <laughs> Chad is a friend to all animals, regardless of whether the world makes sense for them to be there or not. <laughs> Further on. A blonde Shinigami leads a group where Yoroichi is about to land, but with a burst of light, they disappear from view, commenting that, well, I guess I'm alone, but it'll be easier to move around that way. <laughs> and all the Shinigami are like, what the fuck just happened? <laughs> like, like, whatever was, because Yoroichi, like, really, like, is about to land and then kind of stops in midair and appears to, I don't know, double jump away. <laughs> without causing an explosion or anything like the energy that was surrounding them like a shooting star just like that energy just like explodes and blinds them for a second and then Yoroichi jumps into the trees and it's like well 
The cat has left. Good luck catching them. No one can ever catch a running cat. I just, I love Yoruichi. Like, I I could have a whole show about Yoruichi's cat adventures, and I would watch it. Yeah, honestly, same. Like, just give just give me, like, entire episodes of Yoruichi, like, hanging around, like, going to Kisuke's shop, and then, like, going to Soul Society for some reason or other, like... <laughs> I don't know. Just just give us the wandering adventures of Yoroichi. Please. With our last group, Rihime is unconscious and dreaming of Ichigo. And then when Ichida tries to wake her up, she kind of like headbutts him. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but Ichida tells her that he bandaged her shoulder from the fall because she got hurt protecting him. Uh, she thanks him, but he blames himself for her injury and is immediately shut down because Rihime will not have any of his shit she's like no 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 do you have no idea how clumsy i am i absolutely would have like like i would have gotten i would have gotten hurt i would have like tripped something would be bleeding i would have gotten anemia and i would have passed out and then where would we be like <laughs> and she just like okay okay it's fine thank you for trying to cheer me up they're back and forth too. they're back and forth is so good like i love just seeing them like hanging out together and just like having these interactions it's so good uh, they... The group is interacting a lot more than I, like, recall. Like, the the characters are just, like, a lot better than I remember. Yeah, I'm definitely hitting a lot of, like, damn, Bleach kind of good, you know? <laughs> like, moments. Bleach is good sometimes. Uh, I want Arihime more of and... this. I love them so much. Arihime and Uryu uh, both decide to run before a crowd gathers. Uh... And we we see, they don't notice, but we see that at least one person is following them. We kind of just get, like, a, a shot of their foot, like, menacingly in the foreground. Back with the Classic. Rowdy Rough Boys, one of the Soul Reapers is dancing his good luck dance. Showing off a startling <laughs> amount of athleticism by doing, like, flips and handstands on his sheath and, like... And then he gets real pissed because, no, like, the, like, Ganju and Ichigo are just looking at him. And not saying anything. And he's like, oh my god, I am dancing so that you guys have time to get out of that pit and into a fighting stance. Like, don't just sit there. I'm giving you a chance. <laughs> like, he's like, I'm, I'm just doing this ridiculous thing to give you time. And like, myself plausible deniability to give you time. Like, I fucking love this guy. <laughs> I, he's so good. But then, like, at the same time as he starts ranting about courtesy being the basis of the samurai code and, like, how he's giving them time and then, uh, Ganju's just like, yo, they have, like, really high spirit energy. Like, they're, they're not comparable to rank and file soul weepers. So, um, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna run. Alright? Ciao. Bye. <laughs> Peace! <laughs> and then... As soon as uh, the bald soul weeper is like, look, we're just going to like give them time to get out. Ganju's like, chabai! <laughs> he just runs <laughs> immediately. So one soul, the bald soul reaper stays, uh, st stays with Ichigo and his partner just kind of like leaves to run after Ganju. And then the bald reaper asks Ichigo why he didn't run. And Ichigo's reply is really good because he's like, well, if I'm weaker than you... You're going to catch me anyway. And if I'm the stronger one, well, I might as well just kick your ass and keep going. <laughs> and I'm like, damn, that's that's a pretty good uh, that's a pretty good reason. The Soul Reaper attacks suddenly, and the pair engage in some acrobatics, Ichigo holding his own while the Soul Reaper fights with both sheath and sword. And eventually, they have this like sick as shit moment where they both trade a blow and then they trade names. The Soul Weeper praises Ichigo's name because it's got the number one in it, Ichi. And then he introduces himself as Ikaku Madarame <laughs> and says, My fellow Ichi, let's be friends. <laughs> because Ichi names are for people that are good looking and full of talent. <laughs> At first, I was like confused because, um, you know, his name is Ikaku, not Ichaku or something. Uh,. But, like, uh, looking it up, I can see that it just uses the Ichi character uh, in Ikaku's name. Yeah. So, it makes sense. Well, like, and, like, this entire fight is incredible. Like, there's the, 
after they slice at each other, like, we just see them both complimenting each other, and there's, like, it starts at their feet, and it slowly pans up, and we don't know, like, we know both of them get hurt, because we see blood, like, dripping down, but we don't know how bad it is, we don't know, like, what part of them got hurt, and it's just, like, this really good tense moment of them being, like, damn, you're kinda good. (laughs) It's so good! This fight's really good, and, like, the animation is, like, surprisingly solid. Yeah. Uh, we change scenes to follow Ganju running through the alleys of Soul Society, and the other Soul Reapers following him, surprised when Ganju turned a de- turns a dead end into sand to get through. But eventually he hits a pit and he has to stop. The Soul Reaper says it's the old execution squad grounds, where they bring captured hollows to fight prisoners to the death. Ganju sells... Ganju says that, well, that's crude, and I pity your face. <laughs> Which the other guy is like, oh, thank you for calling me a pretty. But then that makes Ganju angry because he wasn't trying to compliment him. And then that makes the Soul Reaper angry because he's like, I know you weren't trying to compliment me. I was responding with a witty humorous joke, you Claude. <laughs> <laughs> Just all of- it, It's really funny. Um... It is, I do think, worth noting that Yumichika, who is this this Soul Reaper, uh, is really, really gay-coded, uh, and it becomes, like, it's not too big a deal right now, but, you know, we'll see how that progresses later, uh, but this, this part's funny. It's, it, like, this bit, like, just the bit where the both of them are like, didn't you understand? I'm trying to insult you. And it's like, yes, I understood your insult. I'm turning it into a joke because I'm smart. <laughs> and then Yumichika says, well, also, that crude practice doesn't happen anymore. But anyone who falls in can't get out. So he pulls out a sword, telling Ganju to choose how he'll die and to turn around. Because he loves to look on someone's face when they decide the manner of their death. And Ganju tells him that he's the crude one after all. Like... In addition to, like, the previous uh, insult-to-joke thing, I like this back-and-forth where Ganju calls him crude because of the execution thing, and then he's like, well, we don't do that. That Like, that is that is crude, but we don't do it anymore. And then he just, like, tells Ganju that he's this weird sadist. So Ganju's like, nope, still crude. <laughs> still definitely crude. It's really... F- I, I, they do kind of gloss over it uh, for a sec, because, like, it is just the crude joke, but, like... It's really fucked up how this execution ground operates. Uh, fucking dropping, like, like, dropping criminals into a pit and just, like, having hollows kill them? What the fuck? Yeah, it's like, wait, hold on. Like, the whole bit of the first season is that hollows are people too, and also we should be purifying them and sending them to Soul Society. How do you even have hollows here? Yeah, you know what? Now that I'm thinking about it, this is making a whole lot less sense. Yeah, like it's it definitely implies that like there is some there is some weird shady shit that used to happen and I'm like, "Hey, you know what? They're cops. Sounds about right." Sounds like soul society. Thanks, soul cops. We return to our two number ones. Ikaku teasing Ichigo for taking a hand off his blade during the match, even if it was to wipe the blood getting into his eye. He explains it won't help because wiping uh, he t- while well, gonna try that again. He explains it won't help while wiping some uh, substance over his own cut because forehead cuts bleed a lot if you don't close them properly. Ichigo's mad that he's cheating, and Ikaku says it's not dirty; it's just brains. You should admire me for being experienced. He does praise Ichigo's uh, reflexes and fierce attacks, though, and. Even though in, like... Because he's like, yo, your reflexes and attacking is, like, way too good for someone who's a greenhorn. But your habits outside of that are, like, just complete novice fighting and all that. Which is weird. Uh, It's... Like, Ichigo is too good to be just a greenhorn with good instincts. So he asks who his master's name is. Ichigo says that it's Urahara. Which prompts Akaku to say, like, oh, oh, well... It would be rude to kill you without going all out. And he calls out his blade's name, Hiyuzo Kimaru, turning it into what appears to be a spear. He quickly attacks Ichigo with both ends, who finds him off and finds an opening to rush in, only to realize that the spear can split into several parts, and now there's a blade headed directly for his face as we cut away to a different scene. 
This part of the scene, also good, but most importantly, this is the version of Urahara that I had a crush on. Like, this one, like, three-frame image that we see of him, like, wearing what appears to be captain's robes, clean-shaven, just looking like an absolute baller. Like It's so good. It's like, damn, he can, not only is he, like, the really cool, if sometimes terrifying, like, uh, like, shopkeeper guy, he also cleans up well. Yeah, no, it, it's the first, like, real hint that, like, aside from, like, Urahara being, you know, pretty powerful, and it obviously is a soul reaper, like, it's the first hint, he might have been more powerful than we gave him credit for, because Ikaku knows who this guy is, and we already know that, like, soul reapers, their, like, divisions are pretty split apart, like, so knowing explicitly Urahara's name is, I don't know, I feel like that's a pretty big deal. Yeah, like I think it's a, it's it, like, it's like, oh, Urahara is like, a, like he's a big deal. He's someone important. People recognize him. And also just like Ikaku's general personality where he's like, look, I just want a good fight and I want to be respectful to people I fight. And now that I know you've been trained by someone who's really good at fighting... I'm going to go all out and, like, try to kill you because it would be rude to you not to. And, like, damn. Like, he's just, like, a really interesting character here. I like Ikaku a lot. Back with Ganju in Mortal Peril, uh, the Soul Reaper once again says that he wants to see his expression in his last moment of life. Because each time he does, his own beauty grows keener. Ganju hits him with some pocket sand, and then he turns the ground under both of them into sand. But the Soul Reaper jumps away, which kind of leaves Ganju to be, like, the only one hanging. Like, he's hanging at the pit, and he's like, oh god, what have I done? (laughs) (laughs) I've been hoisted by my own petards. (laughs) The Soul Reaper returns to him, taunting him. And then Ganju just starts floating encased in a cannonball, because he had a spare spirit core, somehow. I don't know where he was keeping that thing. I don't either. It's the size of a bowling ball. But hey, he has an extra, he has an extra spirit cord and he just starts floating up. And then the Soul Reaper, here's where he introduces himself as the fifth seat of Squad 11, the strongest squad. Wait, 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 wait. Hold on. Hold the fucking phone. I've just blown this whole arc apart. If he had an extra spirit cord this whole fucking time, why not after they get through the barrier, why wouldn't he pull out the second spirit core and form another cannonball? Because there's no guarantee that they would be able to all be close enough to form, to be inside the cannonball when the other one explodes. Because of the vortex. Continue. <laughs> <laughs> it was good. It was good. Uh, it was a good catch. Um... So Yumichika calls his, his, he transforms his own blade, Fujifujaku, which is kind of like, like, it looks like a scimitar with four blades and he just kind of like slices into the bar, into the ball. It digs deeply into the barrier, but it gets stuck. While Ganju with the biggest shit eating grin is like, Hey, do you know what happens to a cannonball when it gets broken? (laughs) And it just explodes, uh, dealing a bunch of damage to both of them and knocking Ganju clear over the pit. Wound, uh, wounding both him and the Soul Reaper. Ganju praises him, and then it just immediately turns around, and he's like, well, time to turn more walls into sand. Bye, ciao, I'm out. I don't even like fu- I don't even like fighting. We go back to Ichigo, and we see that their last exchange, uh, he was able to dodge the blade flying towards his face, but his arm was severely hurt, and now it can't hold his sword, which is a problem because it's a giant two-handed blade. So Ikaku explains that his weapon is a three-part staff uh, that he could just, like, you know, have it solid, fight, use it like a spear, and then kind of break it up to do weirder attacks. It's a really cool weapon. He continues, soaring that, saying that normally he'd take Ichigo alive and he says, well, sorry, I have to kill you if I want recognition. <laughs> just like, well... That doesn't seem like a good reason to kill him, but alright, fine. And while he's talking, Ichigo is just like super calmly taking the bandages that come out the back of his sword and he's tying his bad hand to it. <laughs> Until, it's really cool. Like this the entire time he's talking that Ikaku's talking, he's just like tying up his hand. And then eventually Ikaku's like, wait, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> and he has to dodge out of a blow that is so strong it completely destroys the wall behind him. 
And it's sick. The episode ends with Ichigo promising that Ikaku hasn't seen anything yet. And then we also get a new ending theme, which mostly focuses on Renji and Buyakuya. Like, there's a bunch of fight scenes, there's scenes of them at rest, or like doing paperwork. And then there's like a weird, like it ends on like a weird beefcake shot of Renji. <laughs> I was I wasn't <laughs> expecting. I was like, "What? Where, where did this come from?" And then the the song ends just with them both like, he, like appearing on a blank background, uh, looking ready to go, which was a really cool look. Like this, the I really enjoy like especially just the shot of Byakuya in his office, like, like just doing paperwork or whatever. <laughs> like it's really nice to see that. Like, oh yeah, they're not just like death squads i guess yeah i i like the ending i really like our opening as well uh i'm happy we have a new opening for the show um god be just good sometimes this week was good yeah like both of these episodes were pretty good uh the only there is one like really big change that the manga did for this scene like it's a it's a small change but it has a huge significance um in the anime, when Ichigo, like, explains his reasoning for why he's not running, Ikaku's like, oh, so you're not foolish after all. Because he's like, oh, yeah, Ichigo did, like, the right call. If Ikaku is stronger than him, yeah, Ichigo can't run away. In the manga, he calls him foolish for choosing to fight him instead. And it's like, huh. like, I get the feeling, which is like, well, you can't take me in a fight, so trying to fight me is foolish. But... The way the anime puts it is, so, like, I feel it's so much better, where he's like, ah, you, like, you did the right call because that was, like, a, a smart thing to do, as opposed to just being, like, a cocky, like, ah, well, you tried to fight me, so bad, bad news, bub, I'm gonna kick the shit out of you. But it's just, like, I just really like him, like, acknowledging, like, actually, no, your reasoning is correct, and that was a good plan. Let's fight. <laughs> I like that change. The anime sometimes does good changes. Not always. Sometimes, sometimes it does get changes. And then sometimes you get Saito. No, sometimes you get Saito. We did it. We, we we did a bleach. We survived the bleach. We did it. And it didn't take all that long. We, despite the chaos energy, we managed to, uh, you know, do do well. I think I think I, my brain's I leaking out of my ear, though. <laughs> like, yeah, no, I can't believe how much chaos energy has gone into this podcast. Y'all were like, "Hey, we like the chaos," and we're like, "All right, we hear you." And then disaster follows. Did you say the chaos? Professional emeralds? podcasters, right here. I did not say the chaos emeralds. I said the chaos energy. I'm not getting into this. <laughs> <laughs> we should sign out. Yeah, we should sign out. You can find me on Twitter at Lavender underscore Paws. At Lavender underscore Paws. You can find me on Twitter at SSBSLJ. You can find me on Instagram at Lot underscore Lake. That is L-O-T-A underscore Lake. You can find the podcast on Twitter at BleachCast, or you can email us at IWOBleachCast at gmail.com. And remember... Commitment is a strong word. I was trying to find a good sign-off, and honestly, it's been weeks, and I still don't have one, so I don't know. Just stay healthy or something. <laughs> You've got it. Stay healthy, stay safe. Commitment is a strong word. Y you know the drill. Just get out of here. Get out of here! Don't be soul reapers. Don't, don't grow don't up be to become soul reapers. Don't die. That's what I'm gonna say. Get out! Stop listening to the podcast. What are you doing? Don't die. Live forever. Don't fuck it up. Let's go. Let's go. Get out of the podcast. Stop listening. Well, if someone dies and they go to Soul Society and we tell them not to be Soul Reapers, are we saying stay living in the slums? No, I'm saying revolution. <laughs> Yeah.